Hello, everyone. Welcome back to East Coast Haunts. I'm MK. And I'm Sam. I almost said I'm Sam, so... I know, we're a little bit out of practice. (laughs) That just shows you the kind of mood that tonight we're in. Um, We both have our candles lit. We're both celebrating the start of spooky season. We're two days... Exactly. Two days into October when we're recording this. And um, just another little shameless plug for our Patreon, but... Uh, we are 10 days away from when we will be attending Halloween Horror Nights down in Orlando. So if you want the inside scoop on all the houses, the events, the food we're going to be eating. um, Character lore. Exactly. Subscribe to the Patreon. You're going to get it all. And you have access to a previous series where we watched and reviewed horror movies for you guys. So. Lots of good stuff on there. Just And. Once Halloween Horror Nights is over, we're going to have to start a new series. I know. So, and if you're a Patreon, you have a little bit of a say in what that new series will be. So exactly, the time to join, folks. Exactly. Start now before we start that new series, and you could be the one to suggest whatever we cover. What a prize, right? Yes. And so, yes. Sorry, I was just going to say my little tagline is that it's less than a cup of coffee a month, so... Right. Much less. And it keeps us it keeps us rolling. It keeps so, us going, yeah. Without further ado, though, Sam, you want to tell them what we're talking about today? Yes. So I know you were just saying it's like the official start of spooky season. Yeah. So this week's haunt slash more so history. This is definitely more of a, a history <laughs> episode than a haunt episode, which is funny because usually we do more haunted. But We are talking about Sleepy Hollow, New York, because yes, it's a real place. Um, so I guess I'm just gonna get started with it. You wanna just may as well. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So for those of you who don't know, yes, Sleepy Hollow is a real place. Um, and it's a very charming, picturesque village, uh, located in Westchester County, New York. And it is along the eastern bank of the Hudson River. I didn't know it was in Westchester County. That's like not super far yeah i'm i'm not even gonna pretend that i know where any counties are in new york if you could describe it to me i was like literally there for a wedding <laughs> um oh, not you long were. ago yeah right in like in westchester county so it's it's not too far from my like my parents house Okay, well, good to know. Maybe this is the type of place to take a weekend trip. Sort of like Jim Thorpe vibes a little bit. Maybe. We'll have to investigate. Put a bookmark in that one. (laughs) So, and it does seem like it's like a all year round attraction sort of place. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously more popular in the fall, which you'll find out why soon. Um, But it's known for its rich history, especially its association with um, the famous American author Washington Irving. If you've never heard of him, he is sometimes known as America's founding father of literature. Wow. Yeah, he was considered to be, by some, not by all, but what, like the first nationally or internationally famous American author. So people from Europe were reading his books, people from... um, I mean, I, I know like back then, like all like I feel like they only talked about <laughs> Europe, but like, but people from all over were reading his books, which is very impressive. Um, and if you've never heard his name, you've probably heard of his uh his stories. 
Two of his most popular are Rip Van Winkle, which is about, oh, yeah. if I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, a, a guy, he like falls asleep um, and he wakes up <laughs> yeah. like a hundred years later, right? Yeah, I had to read that for my high school English class. I forgot that that was Washington Irving. So did I until I was researching this. And then, um, of course, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is his most famous. Um, if you've heard of The Headless Horseman, he originated that whole tale, which is really cool. So um, I want to tell you a little bit about Washington Irving before we get into uh, the locations for today, because I think it's important to kind of have like, he's so intertwined with the yeah. place. Uh, in fact, very interestingly, um this place was actually not called Sleepy Hollow until 1996. Before 1996, it was called North Terrytown. Interesting. And I just, it's crazy to me how it was not changed until very recently. Like, I was almost born. You you and I were both almost born. Wow. They changed it. It's like, that's kind of a big change to make, right? How, yeah, to just change the name, up and change the name of your town. I guess that's yeah. kind of the process, right? It, I think it probably really is. I think that um, it was just, he had such an influence on the village and um, it, it's their big claim to fame and it's a pretty cool claim to fame. So that's actually really cute. Yeah. So North Terrytown and now it's Sleepy Hollow, New York. So um, Washington Irvine, Irving, sorry. Um, he was born in 1783. He died in 1859. Um, as you can tell he was a very prominent American author, essayist. He was a biographer and he was actually also a diplomat, which is very interesting. Um, he was an American diplomat. Do so you know to what countries? It was somewhere in Europe. Okay. I want to say it was like to multiple places in Europe. I could be wrong. I might have it in my notes somewhere that I might get to. So hold. I, I had a diplomat in mine who also was like a diplomat to two European countries. A diplomat in your what? Oh, in your... In my, in like, in one of my locations. Interesting. Okay. Everything's starting to connect. So he, uh, Irvine was, I don't know why I keep calling him Irvine. <laughs> Irving was born in New York City. Um, and he was the youngest of 11 kids, which I guess Holy for back then was pretty, pretty average. Um, yeah, but can you imagine? Yeah, first no, of all, who's the youngest? Being the youngest of 11 kids has to be crazy because, like, I feel like <laughs> you're probably a little bit neglected attention wise. Yeah, I, you, I'm like, you have to think that the kids were probably helping take care of him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the poor mom having not having 11 kids by that point, I think. Okay, crazy. So, um, and they were all they were Scottish immigrants, uh, his parents were, Neat. so he was, I guess, first generation American, which is cool. Um, he showed a passion for writing from a young age, which obviously uh, factored into his future. He um, began writing satirical essays and sketches to uh, local papers. That's kind of like how he got his start. And he loved using pseudonyms. Two of his pseudonyms were Jonathan Oldstyle and Diedrich or Diedrich uh, Knickerbocker. So I think that these names were... I could be wrong. I think the pseudonyms were like poking fun at certain things just because like old style. Yeah. Knickerbocker. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then he had his first uh, major work published called A History of New York under that uh, Knickerbocker pseudonym. 
and it was like a satirical take on um new york's dutch colonial period so i don't know how i mean i guess for the times it was like funny but like now we're just kind of like okay okay <laughs> but, but he seems to have been very very clever so he obviously you know, i'm sure he, he was wrote, yeah he like writes all these like fantasy stories but he's also really really funny uh, so then he also spent uh many years living in different european cities and actually when he was wor- uh working and living in these cities he wrote um the sketchbook of joffrey crayon joffrey crayon gent um and i think gent just means gentleman um mm-hmm. and it's this is like kind of like the anthology book that included rip van winkle and legends of sleepy hollow oh neat. So he wrote his most famous pieces while he was in europe and it's funny because it's like he ended up living in sleepy hollow later or obviously back then it wasn't called sleepy hollow but it's interesting that when he wrote it he wasn't even in sleepy hollow yeah yeah um, and so he really was one of the first people to introduce american flo- folklore to the european audience so he was like i said he was a diplomat he worked um at american embassies in i guess different areas of europe because i didn't see any anywhere any specific countries yeah he could have been multiple countries just yeah, a general or, diplomat yeah so um that's pretty cool and he also got a lot of inspiration for his writings from um being a diplomat which is cool so he literally in europe he lived it up he wrote his stories he went diplomatic and then he returned to the united states in 1832 and he continued to write and publish works and um kept on you know being a successful author um his he he has i mean he has a bunch of notable works i'll be honest when i was looking through them the only ones i knew were rip van winkle and the legend of sleepy hollow but i'm not as i guess uh i don't know much about enough i don't know as much about english literature as other people do so other people might be banging their heads like how do you not know about (laughs) life and voyages of christopher columbus but you know yeah yeah, he had a lot so he wasn't a one-hit wonder i guess is what i'm trying to say (laughs) um and like i said he was looked at as one of the first american authors if not the first american author to achieve international fame which is really cool and um he passed away on november 28th 1859 and he is now buried in the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Neat. Yes. Uh, so basically all that to say, Sleepy Hollow and Washington Irvine are Ir- Irving are very, <laughs> are very intertwined with each other. And uh, Washington lived in a home in Sleepy Hollow called Sunnyside. That's like what his grounds were called Sunnyside which I think is very cute that's I remind you know what it reminds me of an egg well yes first and foremost definitely an egg um but also wasn't the daycare Mm -hmm. in Toy Story 3 with like all this like the um psychotic bear Lotso yes wasn't that called Sunnyside Sunnyside that's a good that was a really good memory Thank you. I know yes. nothing if not my Disney Pixar <laughs> trivia. <laughs> not Toy Story 3. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, so his was also called Sunnyside. And now it's a historic site and a museum and it's open to the public. Um, it's a, probably one of the most popular attractions in Sleepy Hollow for obvious reasons. So 
Um, and also it's kind of cool because a lot of stuff there is like original furniture from when he lived there, which is like oh, adds neat. authenticity. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, and he also died. This is also where he died. So people, this is where the haunted element comes in. People think that his ghost roams around um, the area, even though he's not buried on like Sunnyside property. They think that uh, his soul still chills there. I mean, I saw a picture of Sunnyside and it's not a bad place to live for all yeah. these. So it's not. It's it's so pretty. It's um it has like a very whimsical uh style of architecture, right? Yes. Um, and it's uh some people say it's a blend of Dutch, Scottish, and Spanish influences. Ooh, uh, neat. You, can, you can definitely see it's yeah. European style. Um it's really it's really, really pretty. I'm sure we'll put a picture on the Instagram, but for sure. Yes. Um and it's on the um it's overlooking the Hudson River. So there's like a water view. It's got plenty of gardens, um, flower beds, there's like paths that are like winding. It's a really, really pretty place. Um, that honestly, I know they would never open it up probably as like a bed and breakfast, but it is like the type of place you it definitely looks like it should be. Oh, I, but I'm like, I understand. It's on the I believe it's on the historic uh landmark registry. So like I'm sure they can't do that, but it's super cool. Um Not and, like, too- Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Not to like relate this back to yet another piece of popular media, mm-hmm. but remember in see in you season four where Jonathan Moore like shows up to that house. Yes, and it's where like Reese Mon- Montreux or something is staying. This house looks exactly like that house. Oh yeah. Oh, like that. Yes, we're yes. It. I first I thought you meant like that giant mansion. No, the house that, like, Reese is staying at, I highly implore you guys to watch you, but uh, that's that's what that reminds me of. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's funny because it's not like, you might be picturing a mansion, like, it's a big house, but it's not a mansion. But it's not, yeah. It's definitely a mansion, but it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's awesome. And like I said, like, there's a lot of furniture that belonged to him. There's also a lot of, like, personal belongings of his that are like in the house so they kind of tried to make it look like how it looked when he lived there which is really cool i love it when historical places like stage how yes. it would have looked back in the day oh. you get the most accurate and i guess historically accurate view of how it looks which is really cool yes Ooh, and um this is his study his study is like all set up how yeah with i know isn't it so cool <laughs> So yeah, it's it's really really cool, and um, like I said, it was designated a national historic landmark back in 1962, um, and now it's operated by the historic Hudson Valley, and they're a nonprofit, um, and obviously they want to preserve historic sites in the Hudson Valley, um, and anyone can come through and take guided tours of the house and the gardens, um, and it's really interesting to kind of have like the context of his life. Go like if we do end up visiting here, which I would love to. Like, I would love to. Interesting to have his, the context of his life and his stories, and know how intertwined he was with Sleepy Hollow. So, it's really cool. Um, the only like I said, the only real haunt for this place is that allegedly, uh, Washington Irving's uh soul wanders around the the area, but otherwise, it's just a really pretty, cool historic place i love it i i think it's like even if it's not haunted 
I feel like this is one of those places where his spirit, like, definitely, you can feel his spirit when you walk into this place. Does exactly. Ex- yes, I completely agree. Even looking at pictures, you're like, ooh, this guy was cool. And it's, like, almost, like, haunted by his memory because it still feels like he's still there. Yes. Like, yes, that hey. was beautiful. Thank you. I'm just trying to connect it back. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of spirits and spookiness, so you have for us, I'll move on to my first location. Yes. And that is the Headless Horseman Bridge in Sleepy (gasps) Hollow. So our boy, Washington Irving, was a bit of a fan of the macabre, one might say. And he took, yes, I would assume if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. (laughs) Um, And... So he took a specific liking to a bridge that was located at the intersection of Broadway and Gordon Avenue in Sleepy Hollow. And it spans like a narrow section that's almost like a creek of the Pocantico Pocantico River. Cool name. And like I said, this is probably a familiar location for fans of classic horror and fans of Washington Irving. Um, Because Irving's 1820 story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, features this bridge in the final showdown between the protagonist, Ichabod Crane, and the antagonist, the Headless Horseman. So if you don't know the story of, of Sleepy Hollow, I would highly recommend going and watching the Disney animated version because it is just a fun, like, October watch. And also it has, like, a banger of a song in it do you know really? what i'm talking about so i was really really scared of the headless horseman when i was <laughs> like, <laughs> shocking <laughs> i know i know shocking add it to the list <laughs> um so no i don't i don't know what the song is but i'm assuming it's when they're in like the bar or like that like jolly area yeah it definitely is it's i think one of the characters that i'm gonna talk about in a little bit is like singing it to ichabod okay. but um you know what I'll do? I'll post the Instagram post with that song. Like, you know how you can yes with a song now? Yeah, I'll do that because I don't want to play it on this show because I don't want to get copyrighted, but yeah. it it goes hard. Okay. Well, I'm so excited. So, <laughs> so go watch the animated version, the Disney version. I think there's also like a theater adapted version. There's several movies. There's a Johnny Depp it. one uh is it right? really? yeah 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 it's uh it's i'm sure it's what's his face um tim burton oh yeah you know what you're absolutely right yeah. it is yeah um so there's definitely a lot of adaptations but if you don't want to go watch that if you're scared of the headless horseman i can sympathize sam can empathize <laughs> <laughs> but basically here's the summary of the story so oh, it's set in and around obviously sleepy hollow and this Terrytown area And the main question that it seeks to answer is, is this particular town bewitched by the early settlers? Because residents seem to think so. Often people encounter apparitions and they enter strange trances. And so because of that, a lot of the residents of the area are super like superstitious. So our story follows, like I said, a man named Ichabod Crane, who's an extremely superstitious school teacher and he also like kind of doubles as like a babysitter for the town like 
like a male nanny like a manny a manny (laughs) yeah exactly and he likes to listen to the women of the town's stories of the ghosts and especially the headless horseman who is a specific spirit of a hessian soldier that lost his head to an american cannonball in the war (laughs) i don't know why that's funny (laughs) to a cannonball yeah the cannonball like great shot I know the cannonball like blew his head off. So yeah. that's bad day to be that guy. So um, one night Ichabod decides that he's going to attend a party at the Van Tussel family house. And he's vying for the hand of Katrina Van Tussel, who's this wealthy and beautiful like young lady. And he wants to marry her. But unfortunately for him, um, the town brute named Brom Bones is also vying for her hand. So Ichabod tries his luck and he ends up being rejected by Katrina and he leaves the party and he's just kind of like dejected. So he starts riding his horse gunpowder home and unbeknownst to him, he's pursued by a cloaked rider. So he starts to pick up on this after a while that this rider is following him and he turns around and he's horrified to discover that the rider is headless and he sees his head resting on the saddle in front of him. So he begins to ride his horse at a breakneck speed towards the old Dutch church and the old Dutch burying ground, which is where the apparition of the headless horseman is said to like vanish or like go up in flames. And he can't pursue you any, any further past that point. So as he's making his final dash across this bridge, the headless horseman hurls his head at Ichabod and he strikes him, knocking him off his horse. And the next morning, Ichabod's horse and hat are found with the remains of a smashed pumpkin, but Ichabod is never found. And so it's kind of like an unclear fate. Um, a lot of people say like, okay, obviously it was the headless horseman. The headless horseman got him, scared him out of town or or killed him. Um, or there's also like a little aside from Washington Irving who says like any time the story was brought up like Brom Bones seemed to like have a knowing look on his face so they think it may have been Brom acting as the headless horseman knowing that he was superstitious and had thrown a pumpkin at him instead of his head um, or intimidated him out of town never to be seen again okay So, you can still go visit the site of this bridge, although the original bridge that existed at the time of the novel rotted, and it was replaced by a more quote-unquote modern bridge in 1912. So, it's still quite an old bridge, and it's it's pretty cool looking. Yeah, it's 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 not super modern. Definitely worth it worth a look if you're in the area. Um, but people say that it's actually haunted by the headless horseman, and that's why they call it the headless horseman bridge also as a tribute to the story but so i remember the part that freaked me out well first of all i another weird thing that i'm still actually creeped out by old cartoons freak me out like from like the early 1900s yeah that's fair that's yeah fair. so i think that that was also why i was scared of the headless horseman like the even like Ichabod Crane, like the Disney one, like he kind of creeps me out. Yeah, he he's a little freaky looking. He's like super lanky and like yeah. yeah, he's just like creepy. Um, but I remember like 
I guess in my head and I guess like the tale like twisted in my head since I was a child I thought that it was like the headless horseman like he looks around he like wants your head and like he wants to like chop off your head and like use your head as his new head um I'm sure that's why he he was supposedly chasing Ichabod. I guess yeah I guess that's like implied um but that was like what freaked me out so bad I was super scared of like beheading like guillotine like oh my god anyway (laughs) so it's kind of like it's funny because like it is like a kid's at least like a Disney version it is like this like kid's story but it's kind of like gross and creepy oh totally what's funny is that so I have two younger twin sisters and they are like polar opposites of each other like one of them is like a horror fanatic and one of them like won't watch horror movies like unless you're like all right come on like let's sit down we'll watch a horror movie she doesn't watch them of her own accord but both of them went through like a raging obsession with that cartoon really yes <laughs> it was like when i wait i like did not know this it was like semi not semi recently but probably within the last like six or seven years i would say interesting yeah i don't know i think they like watched it in class and they both were like hyper fixated on it yeah <laughs> i gotta ask them about it there's something about our family and like getting hyper fixated on these like weird weird things i'm gonna know one of them was hyper fixated on Coraline for a long time oh yeah and that's the one that doesn't like horror so i was like which court yeah which Coraline is creepy in its own right so i love Coraline personally i think it's like a very it's really good we should review that for the patreon that would actually be i would love to do that all right do you i'm gonna text them and see what they have to say about the legend of sleepy hollow and you start on your next that's perfect yeah we got to get a live reaction from them (laughs) all right so while mk texts her sisters i'm gonna tell you about the old dutch church which is of course you know the main church of sleepy hollow it's also called the dutch reformed church um and it's a historical stone church i just said church a lot but (laughs) no it's a church um it holds obviously it it obviously holds a very significant place in american literature because of uh the legend of sleepy hollow because the church was very uh it was a big part of the story they 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 referred to the church many times in the story um and it's also again on the national register of historic places it's interesting i guess I, i guess in like the northeast and especially like the um new england area it seems that a lot of the places are on the register of historic places i guess because there's more historic buildings since it was yeah it's just so old yeah yeah so the church uh it dates back to the 17th century wow that is old yeah um and it's actually the second oldest existing church in new york state Ooh, and it's the 15th oldest 15th oldest existing building in new york state Damn. so yeah that's it's really really old um it uh it was built obviously back when the place was known as Terrytown, um and it has a flemish style roof if you look at a picture of it here i'm gonna pull up a picture of it real quick i'll vamp for a second so i did text my sisters and i said weren't you guys obsessed with the legend of sleepy hollow answer now and you can be on the podcast <laughs> and my one sister the one who's obsessed with Coraline, just texted back yes 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 so she so, 
I said, Ella, what do you have to say about it? And I'm waiting on a response right now. Okay, well, that, that was actually a perfect vamp because now I've got a picture up. So if you look at a picture of it, I mean, it's definitely like a very classically New England old church, um, which probably doesn't give a lot of description, but it's made of uh, stones. It's pretty small, actually. Um, and the inside is quite pretty. It's very white, stained glass windows, the whole nine yards. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's very, very pretty. Um, and um, it actually... so. During the American Revolution, um, the they there were people that um, went to the church that were from England or who were like loyalists, um, and they lost the patronage of these people um, because the lands were confiscated. Um, because actually, I'm sorry. Can you cut that out? Because I don't really know what I'm saying, and it doesn't. Yeah, even, sure. That part doesn't even matter. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So like I said before, um, Washington Irving Irving <laughs> featured the church very prominently in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Um, so it's like kind of forever connected to the Headless Horseman. In 1837, there was a fire that damaged the church um, and it needed renovations and changes to the building. Um, and then 60 years later, there was another renovation. Obviously, with something so old, like you're going to have to have re- renovations if you want it to stay uh functional which obviously it did um and then actually um they reversed some of the changes that were made after the fire um to restore some of its original features so it's almost like it got a facelift and then decided it didn't like the facelift and it went back to how it was um because i guess they wanted it to be more historically accurate so kind of interesting um and they also have um a cemetery well, it's okay. So it's, I guess, I think it's technically a graveyard, right? Because isn't I isn't it a graveyard is connected to yes a, a church. So um, a lot of the sources said cemetery, but I was like, technically, it's a graveyard. So we did learn anyway. that. Yes. So um, the graveyard is known as the Old Dutch Church burying grounds, and it's got some significant individuals there. Um, for Ooh. example. Um, there is a former deacon of the church named Wolfert Acker, and he was actually um, the subject of uh, Washington Irving's um, Irving's um, story, Wolfert's Roost. So um, that's kind of cool. Um, there was there was like a representative from New York and also a mayor of New York City named William Paulding Jr. Um, you know, just people like that. But then it's kind of interesting because there was a woman named uh katrina ecker van tessel who uh oh. was the possible model for the character katrina van tessel in the legend of sleepy hollow that's so um, neat so mans was going around i guess just like full up straight up using <laughs> names, but like slightly changing them um, and then there was also a friend of washington irvine Irving oh my gosh I don't know I don't know what is <laughs> it's like a mental block Washington Washington Irving okay it's so weird <laughs> um he had a friend named Samuel Youngs and people think that he was the model for the character Ichabod Crane which is super interesting oh neat yeah so they're both buried there um and then it, se- it seems like um Washington Irv- Irving was also buried there but then I also saw something that he was buried somewhere else but i'm pretty sure i don't want anyone to quote me on it but i'm pretty sure he was 
buried here at the old Dutch church graveyard. So, oh, that would make sense. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, so that's, like, really cool. Um, and also the cemetery or the graveyard dates back to 1658. So it's witnessed so many different groups of people. Um, Dutch settlers, Native Americans, um, African-American enslaved people, um, servants, British soldiers. Uh, like, it, it, there, it's seen so much. So it makes so much sense that it would definitely be haunted and you know what if not specifically haunted it definitely has like an interesting vibe to it because it's like all these like gravestones from like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago so it's really cool i don't think that you can have a graveyard without it being a little bit haunted that's just my personal belief i completely agree um and this is like one of those not to be weird, but, like, I would actually, like, like to visit this graveyard. I think. Oh, me too. Cool. I'd love to. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, that's the Old Dutch uh, graveyard. Old Dutch church Ooh. graveyard. Um, Kind of spooky, kind of cool. Love it. Update from your sisters, perhaps? I do. So, she said that, <laughs> I said, what do you have to say about it? She said that the Disney movie has a fire soundtrack and the aesthetically the aesthetic totally sets the whole fall vibe and the nostalgic vibe reminds me of Halloween when we were younger. So if you're looking for that old sort of like early 2000s Halloween vibe, go watch that movie cuz it's ah. really take you back. Like it takes me back too and I just I remember um before I I I'm going to go on this side tangent and then I'll get to my last little haunt but does anyone remember that old Disney Halloween special? And I don't remember like what exactly it was, but I th- we used to watch it on VHS like in school, and it was like all they it was like they're getting ready for like Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, and there's a scene where Goofy is making like a soup, and he's singing a song about it, and he's like lizard skin and chicken gizzards or something. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yes. If you don't know what I'm talking about by now, then you're not going to understand it. But as part of that, it would always show like part of the um, okay. Legend of like, Hollow. Twice upon a Christmas vibes, but Halloween version. Exactly. And you know what? I'm going to see if I can find a picture of it and I'm going to put it on the Instagram and people can tell me if they remember it because it's such a vivid memory of mine that... I need to know if anyone else remembers. Yeah, remembers because this. I'll be honest, I don't know if I remember. Like the chicken skin and chicken gizzard, uh, kind of like <laughs> rang a bell. But okay, but I, I'm gonna send it to you okay. because I can like hear the song in my head, but I'm not gonna sing it on this podcast <laughs> because I feel like I would sound insane. That's Patreon only. Exactly, that's Patreon only content. So, so my last haunt is called the King House Mansion. And I cheated a little bit because it's not actually located within the borders of Sleepy Hollow, but it's located in Tarrytown. So Okay, same thing. Potato, potato. It's close enough. And the King House Mansion is actually located at the Tarrytown House Estate. So it's a home called the King Mansion. Was built in 1840 by J.S. Cronis. I don't know how to say that last name. It's C-R-O-N-I-S-E. And 
19 nope not 19 1895 it was purchased you know quite a jump (laughs) it was purchased by william r harris who was the founder of the american tobacco company so you know he had that cash yeah he got that tobacco money and he renovated the king mansion by purchasing granite from local quarries and like building up the entire mansion with all this local granite so it has that distinct like marble look that the okay. is known for today. Okay, cool. The most notable owner among many was Thomas M. King, who is the vice president of the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad, who purchased the house around 1900. And for all of our board game fans out there, you may recognize the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad as the B&O Railroad that's featured in Monopoly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't play Monopoly, but that's actually a very interesting little tidbit. I like it. It's kind of neat, right? Yes. So Thomas King's son, then Frederick King, kept the house in the family by marrying Harris's, who is the original owner, his daughter, Sybil. And she was named the queen of both the Terrytown House estate and the King Mansion. And she remained the queen of both estates until it was bought in 1921 by Mary Duke Biddle. And Ooh, she, a woman bought it. Yes. She oh. was one of America's richest women from the Duke Tobacco family in North Carolina. And she renamed the Linden the no no she renamed the Terrytown house estate linden court okay but sybil and frederick didn't move far they just moved into king house which was right next door okay so now the two estates that were once originally one estate have been separated into now linden court which was originally Terrytown estate and king house okay interesting interesting choice Unfortunately, Sybil died in 1955, and Biddle purchased King House and reunited the estate. She died pretty soon after she died in 1960, and her children sold it to the nation of Mali, M-A-L-I, and they used it as a diplomatic retreat for the African nation in America. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. This place has a pretty rich history. It's got an interesting, it has lived many lives. Okay. That's really cool. Eventually, it was bought by a man named Robert Schwartz in 1964, who turned it into the nation's first conference center. So this was the first, like, hotel-type situation with lodging designed specifically for business conduct. Okay. Wow. The first one. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And he had worked for Time Magazine, and this whole endeavor to create this conference center was supported both like publicly and financially by AT and T and IBM. And what year was this? Did you say? Nineteen sixty-four. Okay. Interesting. Okay, it's so random, but I kind of like it. And so, since it's since it's now being used for business, and and it's kind of like. I've said this a million times, but the first conference center, they have a lot of like businessmen and and great minds coming in and out. So it becomes sort of like this intellectual hub, if you can call it that. So they had a lot of notable people stay there, including Andy Warhol, 
who is a famous artist. If you've ever seen like the Campbell soup cans, that was him. him. And like the Marilyn Monroe, like pop art. Was that also him? I think so. Um, Charlton Heston and Judith Christ, who are both big in like the movie industry. Um, And it became a school for entrepreneurs. And that was like, Robert Schwartz said that that was like one of his greatest achievements was was creating this intellectual hub and he was like kind of at the very head of it. Okay. But now it's been renovated and you can stay the night there and it looks awesome. I mean, I'm talking like gorgeous rooms, tons of amenities, Biddle. So the second woman owner from the tobacco company, mm-hmm. She was a huge sportswoman, so she upgraded the house with tons of, like, sports complexes. So there's an indoor tennis court. I don't know if it's still in use, but she imported pink clay from sand to, or from, no, pink clay from France to be used as, like, the um, material for the, for the court. Wow. Which is pretty neat. This lady was pretty cool. From she's awesome. From the little I've heard about her, yeah. I didn't want to go too deep into her, but she was pretty cool. Um, and then she also put in a bowling alley, a golf tee, and her and her husband were both they together were known as like a super fun couple, and they loved to entertain and host these like lavish parties at this house, and. They would host like certain dignitaries from other companies because her husband was a U.S. ambassador to both Belgium and Spain. So they had international guests. They had guests of like high prestige in America. It was just like a pretty cool place to. Wow. And like you said, it was like the uh, Mali, the African country, right? Yeah, it was a different. Also, like that is it's everywhere. It's reaching multiple continents. That is crazy. Isn't that neat? Yes. So people do say King House is one of the most famous haunted places to visit up and around the Sleepy Hollow Hollow area. And there's only one ghost. Okay. It is said to be haunted by Sybil Harris, who is the Frederick's wife. Right. The one that died in like 55 or whatever. Yes. And the daughter of the original owner. Okay. They say apparitions are fairly common. Like, they're reported pretty much on, like, a weekly basis. um, That she walks through the halls on the second floor, and she tends to linger near room 293, which was where she was staying at the time of her death. Okay. Aw. So, people report hearing the sound of pacing and not seeing anyone in the hallway, an apparition dressed in all white, disembodied sounds and shadows of someone living in the house, and tons and tons of orbs they say it's very hard to get a picture there without capturing an orb interesting and everyone reports that she's not a threatening presence she's just chilling in her house and she took a lot of pride in her house so she is making sure it stays you know nice and neat and well kept is she the one that was considered the queen of the house um yes okay yeah so i can see why she wants to make sure that everyone yeah like you said everything stays nice and clean and orderly yeah even in her death it's kind of neat she was like the queen of the king house estate and yeah it's it's got a nice ring to it i think i know right i could definitely get get so it now so now it is it's a hotel that you can stay at yes and they host weddings there it's 
It's beautiful. You don't say. I do say. That's awesome. Okay. We, obviously, we're going to have to take a little trip. This is a very cool little town, right? Yes. It's 100%. Very, very cool. Yeah. I would like to live here. I think that'd be awesome. I also would. But I think that wraps up everything we had for Sleepy Hollow. Um, besides the fact, go visit. It's a pretty cool place. It's definitely got some uh, macabre history and like, yes. and just like, a, I guess actually probably macabre is not the best word, but it's spooky. got like a, yeah, spooky history. It's a perfect, it's a perfect place to visit during autumn and, and yes. spooky season to get in the mood. And um, yeah, that's all we got. That's all we got. Keep leaving us suggestions for places Please. to uh, talk about next. Um, and thank oh. you to everyone who's been doing that. We do. Ha- we just had another suggestion roll in. So maybe we'll have to cover that next, next week. But if you don't hear from us in the middle of October, it's because we're getting our spook on down in Orlando. Our spooktacular on. But if you do want to hear from us, you got to subscribe to that Patreon etc asap asap rocky thank you everyone for listening and till next time we're just two ghouls creeping it real that's all we got to say about that (laughs) Bye. bye bye bye